Early in Jesus' ministry years, he sat on the side of a hill and taught not only his closest followers, but many others who were gathered around to listen to him. And that time of teaching has now been famously called the Sermon on the Mount, possibly the greatest sermon ever given. We hope you're encouraged and challenged each week as we bring you highlights from the greatest sermon ever given. Do you consider yourself a worrier or a worry wart? Have you and I been a bit more anxious lately or maybe a lot more anxious? A friend of mine told me recently that both of her children are anxious. And then she joked and said, we raised them that way to be anxious. I also came across this quote and I'll just read it directly. It says this, the reality is that teen anxiety is at epidemic levels, so much so that it is now the most common issue for which teens seek counseling. I don't think it's just teens who are anxious or whether or not we use the word worry or anxious. Um, today's passage in the greatest sermon ever given are words that Jesus spoke to his disciples, but they're relevant to us today. I'll be reading Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and I'm actually going to read it in the English Standard Version, and the script will be on the screen, so follow along. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray, asking God to help us. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word speaks to our hearts. And Lord, thank you for the good news to us who worry. We worry, Lord, we're in really difficult times right now. So we need your word to work in our hearts to help us to see you. We pray that you will help us in Jesus' name, amen. So I have an outline. It's quite straightforward. Um, the first section, Matthew 6, 25 to 30, God cares for us. 
The second part, Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33, God covers us. And the last part, Matthew 6, 34, God comes through. Now, why did I break it up into these three sections? Well, each actually starts with, therefore. Now, in the NIV, the second part starts with, so. Therefore. So why is it there for? So we need to actually look at the verses before verse 25. So what did verse 24 say? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So for those of you who are older like me, like Bob Dylan's song, you and I got to serve someone or something. But this verse tells us that you and I cannot have multiple loyalties, multiple bosses, multiple priorities, multiple lovers. So whom do you and I love more than anyone or anything else? What or who is number one, first and foremost? Do you and I love God with all our strength, our minds, our hearts, and everything? Whom do you and I serve? Is it truly God or is it self? And if you and I are serving ourselves first or chasing after money, career, fame, fortune, admiration, recognition, there will be some kind of worry or anxiety. If you and I are serving God, what can we learn about God and ourselves from these words that Jesus spoke? Therefore, I tell you, Jesus was very personal here. He says, I tell you twice and uses you or your 15 times. He doesn't say friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. He says, I tell you. It reminded me of my friend who used to say to her children, look at me, look at me. She would say that to make sure that her kids were listening, that her kids were connecting with her. So Jesus is really wants us to hear his words. I tell you. Let's take this really personally, as if Jesus is speaking right now to us. He says, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on, what will happen tomorrow? Think about all our worries, because a lot of times it's about tomorrow, because we can't control tomorrow. So remember, Jesus is saying this in light of where you and I lay up treasures. Is it on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal? In light of whom you and I devote our very lives to? I don't know about you, but this is what I was thinking. Yeah. I want to serve God. I want to have lasting treasure. I don't just want to accumulate stuff, but I still have to eat. I still have to survive. I still want to be kind of cool. I still want to look nice, not too nerdy. Oh, nerdy is the new cool. So what does Jesus tell us to do? Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Lynn and Reagan, you made it in today. God created the birds. God created the flowers. Yes, God created you and me. 
The difference is God created you and me in his image. You and I are different from animals that God created. God created you and me to be his image bearers and to have a relationship with him. So God gave us his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that barrier of sin could now be gone and that you and I could have this relationship with him. Jesus made the way back for us to have this relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Creator. Psalm 139 says that you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. So, verse 30, But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So Jesus repeats this concept of more in verse 26. Are you not of more value than they? Verse 30, will he not much more clothe you? So you and I were created not just to exist. You and I were created for more than living on this earth. You and I were created in the image of God to be in an eternal relationship with him. Yes, it does take faith. But did you like it? How Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith? Is it about how much faith we have? Or is it about whom you and I put our faith in? I'm going to give you principles from this passage. I'm going to give you three. Um, usually I like to put them throughout the passage, but I'm going to give them all at once. The first one is, Little faith is okay if it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The second one, worry is not okay if it means not trusting God who is good, loving, and wise. The third one, putting God first is more than okay because he will be faithful. Because God loves you and me and he cares for you and me, he provides for you and me and clothes us. He will take care of you. So whether God decides to give us gourmet meals and designer clothes or daily needs, He will care for us. God created all the birds and all the flowers. He knows when that sparrow falls on the ground. He created us to have this relationship with Him. He gave us eternal life. That's the good news for all of us. Who are worriers. If our worrying is because you and I don't believe that God is good, loving, wise, all-knowing, and that He is our majestic great Creator, it's not okay. But here's the confession time. I do worry. I do get anxious. But God is helping me. God is teaching me about himself and helping me to move towards trusting him with my worries, trusting him with my anxiety. One lesson that he showed me involved my mom. And it was even before she um, got dementia. My mom had a good friend and her friend had a son and her son was blind and mentally challenged from birth. When Joe and I visited their home, we realized that he actually was very smart, 
So I'm going to just call him T. So Joe went with him um, downstairs and T was supposed to exercise on his exercise bike. So his mom came downstairs and turned the timer on. Okay, I don't know, some of you who are so young don't even know these exercise bikes with the timer, but the timer and then mom would go, his mom would go upstairs. Then Joe told me that after his mom left, he turned the timer so he didn't have to exercise as long. When T's father died, T's mother uh, wanted to get um, things in order, so she asked my mom whether my mom would be T's guardian um, if um, her friend passed away. So my mom said yes, and then she asked me if I would help her with this. So of course I said yes, but I never talked to Joe about it. I just said yes. Fast forward, my mom is older, her friend is even older than she is, and I get a call from a lawyer saying um, that I needed to be the comité for T. I didn't even know what a comité, I know committee, I don't know comité. Basically meaning that I would have to make some decisions on behalf of T because his mother um, was getting much older and maybe not able to make some of the decisions. Now we're talking to lawyers, social workers, case managers, and one thing that maybe I didn't mention is that T and his mom live quite far away. They live quite far north of British Columbia, northern British Columbia. So yes, I did worry. I was anxious because we're trying to figure out how are we going to do this and what are we going to do and how are we going to make these decisions. You know, I think it was God's grace, God who loves and cares for all of us, and I think His grace upon T, upon his mom, upon my mom, who, has, who then has dementia, and my husband, Joe, who kindly said yes, he would help me, and me. Because what happened was, T passed away before his mother passed away. So let's go to the third therefore. Verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Why is it therefore? Jesus just finished telling his disciples that your heavenly Father knows you, knows that you need food, knows that you need clothes. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things we given to you as well. Now another version put it this way and I really liked it. The thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things you need will be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to quickly review the good news for worriers. What do we learn about God? God is our Heavenly Father. God is our Creator. God is our Provider. He will feed and clothe us. God is all-knowing. He knows our needs. God is King. He is worth serving. 
God is righteous. He will always do what is right. God is trustworthy. He knows our tomorrows. We don't. God cares for us. God covers us. God always comes through. This verse in the Psalms, Psalm 37, verse 25 and 26. I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Verse 33 and verse 34 in the message by Eugene Peterson goes like this. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I'm going to say that once more. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Will you pray with me? Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that you are the one that always comes through. We don't know the future. We don't know the hard things that we will have to face. Lord, we're facing hard times right now, but we know that you are a good God. Lord, we pray that you'll help us, help us to trust you, help us to worry less and not be so anxious. Thank you for your word. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.